I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Kings chapters 24 and 25 and 2 Chronicles chapter 36. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. We begin today's reading with King Jehoahaz, the three-month reign of Josiah's evil son, and we read about him in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 1 through 3. He also gets three verses in 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 31 through 33. In the left-hand column, because it's not part of today's reading. So let's begin reading with 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 1. Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. Now the king of Egypt deposed him at Jerusalem, and he imposed on the land a tribute of 100 talents of silver and a talent of gold. After Josiah's death in 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 29 and 30, and 2 Chronicles 35, 20-27, he died in battle against the Pharaoh of Egypt. Then the people selected his third son, Jehoahaz, as their king over Judah. But he's evil right from the beginning. At just 23 years old, the Egyptian Pharaoh takes him captive and appoints his older brother Jehoiakim as the new king of Judah. During this period of time, Jerusalem was held and taxed by Egypt. So we have a summary of king number 17 for three months over Judah, and that was just in the year 609 B.C. He was not good. He was just all bad. And then we have King Jehoiakim, just another evil king of Judah, recorded in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 1 through 7, and 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 4 through 8. And we begin this section of reading with 2 Kings 24, verse 1. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And the Lord sent against him, raiding bands of Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, and bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets. Surely at the commandment of the Lord, this came upon Judah to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done and also because of the innocent blood that he had shed, for he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers, then Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his place. And the king of Egypt did not come out of his land any more, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates." Now the same account in Second Chronicles chapter 36, beginning with verse 4. Then the king of Egypt made Jehoahaz's brother Eliakim king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed his name to Jehoiakim. And Necho took Jehoahaz, his brother, and carried him off to Egypt. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against him, and bound him in bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. 
Nebuchadnezzar also carried off some of the articles from the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim, the abominations which he did, and what was found against him, indeed, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Then Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his place. After Josiah's reign, and from 640 to 609 B.C., there was not another good king of Judah. Jehoahaz was Josiah's third son and became Josiah's successor as king of Judah. Why Josiah's third son? Well, Second Chronicles 36, 1 says, Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Apparently the people of Judah saw more hope in him than the other sons. However, Jehoahaz only reigned three months before he was deposed by Pharaoh Necho from the throne and carried away prisoner into Egypt. There he died in captivity. Pharaoh Necho placed Jehoiakim, originally named Eliakim before Pharaoh changed it, put him on the throne of Judah. He served from 609 to 598 and was Josiah's second son, two years older than Jehoahaz, as a matter of fact, installed him as a puppet king subject to the Egyptians. Subsequently, Egypt and Judah were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. In the process, Jehoiakim then was captured. He was prepared for the trip back to Babylon, but we do not know whether he actually was deported. This is the same time at which Daniel and his friends were taken to Babylon as well. Subsequently, Jehoiakim served as the puppet king subject to the Babylonians. That's where we pick the story up here in 2 Kings chapter 24. Jehoiakim rebels against the Babylonians after three years. Jeremiah didn't have much use for Jehoiakim either. We read about that in Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 18 and 19, and also Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 30. His death is not well documented in Scripture. We're only told in 2 Kings 24, 6 that Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. In 2 Chronicles 36, 6, we're told that Nebuchadnezzar bound him in bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon, but we aren't told that he actually made the trip to Babylon. However, the historian Josephus claimed that Jehoiakim met a violent death when he was thrown over the wall of Jerusalem right before the besieging Babylonian army, and that was to convince him that he was dead. Jehoiakim is succeeded by his son Jehoiakim, but only for three months. Incidentally, it should be noted in 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 3, that which we already knew when it says, Surely at the commandment of the Lord this came upon Judah, to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh according to all that he had done. Now, King Manasseh reigned from 695 to 642 B.C., long before this occasion, but he had indulged in such atrocities during his reign that Judah was still paying that price. Even during the good reign of Josiah after that, it was reported in Second Kings chapter 23, verse 26, Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn from the fierceness of his wrath, with which his anger was aroused against Judah, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. So then we have a summary of king number 18 over Judah. His name is Jehoiakim, 609 to 598 B.C. Nothing good specified about this king. He was just all bad. Then we come to Jehoiakim. He becomes king of Judah for just three months, we read about him in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 8 and 9, and 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 9 and 10. 2 Kings 24, 8. Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta. 
the daughter of El Nathan of Jerusalem. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father had done. Then let's read Second Chronicles 36, verses 9 and 10. Verse 9, Jehoiakim was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. At the turn of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar summoned him and took him to Babylon with the costly articles from the house of the Lord and made Zedekiah, Jehoiakim's brother, king over Judah and Jerusalem. Second Kings 24.8 reports that Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he became king after his father Jehoiakim's death. But in Second Chronicles 36.9, it says that he was just eight. We have no way of knowing for certain, but perhaps the answer lies in Second Chronicles 36.6. There we are told regarding Jehoiakim, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against him and bound him in bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. If Jehoiakim was actually taken to Babylon for a period of time and then returned later to his throne, it makes sense that his son Jehoiakim, at just eight years of age, was regarded as the co-regent in his father's absence. Direct descendants were regarded as kings at any age. Furthermore, since there would have been no way of knowing whether or not Jehoiakim would ever return from Babylon, the people very likely regarded him as the new king after Jehoiakim's deportation. However, Jehoiakim did return, and upon doing so, resumed his role as king and perhaps shared the title with his son until his death. That would also lend understanding to how it could be determined that Jehoiakim was so evil after just three months. Jehoiakim only has a three-month rule before he's deposed and taken to Babylon to live out the rest of his life. He was accompanied by his fellow government officials, mother and, of course, his wives. Jehoiakim had a couple of aliases in the Bible— He's known as Jeconias in Matthew chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And sometimes in the book of Jeremiah, he's just called Kaniah. And such a case is Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 24 through 27. In Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar imprisoned him for 37 years. That's recorded in Jeremiah chapter 52. But upon Neb's death, his successor, evil Merodach, he freed Jehoiakim and permitted him to occupy a place in the king's household and sit at his table, receiving, as it says in Jeremiah 52, a portion for each day until the day of his death, all the days of his life. So we have then a summary in the written notes of King number 19, who reigned for just three months in 597 B.C. over Judah, and his name was Jehoiakim. And the only thing specified here is nothing good, all bad. In 2 Kings 24, verses 10 through 16, we see the reference here, the passage to which we've been referring for many days now, where Jerusalem is actually captured. Verse 10, At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city as his servants were besieging it. Then Jehoiakim, king of Judah, his mother, his servants, his princes, and his officers went out to the king of Babylon, and the king of Babylon in the eighth year of his reign took him prisoner. And he carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he cut in pieces all the articles of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. Also he carried into captivity all Jerusalem, all the captains and all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths. None remained except the poorest people of the land. 
And he carried Jehoiakim captive to Babylon. The king's mother, the king's wives, his officers, and the mighty of the land he carried into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. All the valiant men, seven thousand, and craftsmen and smiths, one thousand, all who were strong and fit for war, these the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. But Jehoiakim doesn't put up a fight when the Babylonian army comes knocking at the gate of Jerusalem. He just lets them in. They take everything of value. They also transport all the influential and skilled people in Jerusalem back to Babylon, including Jehoiakim, just as Jeremiah had prophesied back in Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 24 through 27. This deportation system had been used by the Assyrians before and now by the Babylonians. They immediately, upon conquering a nation, got the movers and shakers out of the land so as to destroy the national pride. And that just left the poor people, we see in verse 14. Subsequently, they typically would bring the influential people in from other parts of their empire to inhabit their conquered land, in this case, Judah and Jerusalem. If you'd like a comprehensive look at the fall of Jerusalem, then look at my notes on Jeremiah chapter 52. Then we have another king, Zedekiah, who is a puppet king of Babylon, and of course, he's also evil. We read about him in 2 Kings 24, verses 17 through 20, and 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 11 through 16. First, 2 Kings 24, beginning with verse 17. Then the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatul, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He also did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, this happened in Jerusalem and Judah, that he finally cast them out from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Now over to Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 11. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the leaders of the priest and the people transgressed more and more, according to all the abominations of the nations, and defiled the house of the Lord which he had consecrated in Jerusalem." And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, till there was no remedy. Well, he's also uh, Jehoiakim's uncle. That was the last living son of Josiah. And he's appointed puppet king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar. We're talking about Zedekiah here. In Second Chronicles 36.10, Zedekiah in the King James Version is called Jehoiakim's brother. But the Hebrew word used there can be translated brother or kinsman. We see here in Second Kings 24.17 that Zedekiah was, in fact, Jehoiakim's uncle. After 11 years of this puppet thing, Zedekiah rebels against Babylon. There were lots of warnings to Zedekiah, but he wouldn't listen to Jeremiah or any of the other messengers that God had sent. Second Chronicles 36.16 says, But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, till there was no remedy. 
I find it interesting that in Second Chronicles 36, 13, we read this. And he, talking about Zedekiah, also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Nebuchadnezzar apparently knew how special Jewish oaths were, or at least were supposed to be. Two chapters of the law are dedicated to the fulfillment of oaths or vows. That's Leviticus chapter 27 and Numbers chapter 30. Both are dedicated to this Hebrew concept of the law of Moses. Moreover, Israel suffered at the hand of God for Saul's disregard of oaths during his reign, as outlined in 2 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Zedekiah apparently made an oath with Jehovah in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar that he would not rebel, but he changed his mind. There we have then in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today a summary of King Number 20, who reigned from 597 to 586 B.C. over Judah, and his name was Zedekiah. Nothing good specified about this king, all bad. Now it's showtime for Nebuchadnezzar. 2 Kings chapter 25, verses 1 through 21, and its parallel passage, 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 17 through 21. 2 Kings 25, beginning now with verse 1. Now it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled at night by way of the gate between two walls, which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around the city. And the king went by way of the plain, but the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment on him. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to Babylon. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord, and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried their bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons, and all the bronze utensils with which the priest ministered. The firepans and the basins, the things of solid gold and solid silver, the captain of the guard took away." The two pillars, one sea, and the carts which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. The height of one pillar was eighteen cubits, and the capital on it was of bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, and the network and pomegranates all around the capital were all of bronze. The second pillar was the same, with a network. 
And the captain of the guard took Sariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three doorkeepers. He also took out of the city an officer who had charge of the men of war, five men of the king's close associates who were found in the city, the chief recruiting officer of the army who mustered the people of the land, and sixty men of the people of the land who were found in the city. So Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, took these and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. Then the king of Babylon struck them and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. Thus Judah was carried away captive from its own land. Now we don't have such a large rendition of this passage in Second Chronicles 36, but it begins with verse 17. Therefore he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary, and had no compassion on young man or virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand. And all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and of his leaders, all these he took to Babylon. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, as long as she lay desolate she kept Sabbath to fulfill seventy years. Well, the fall of Jerusalem and capture of Zedekiah is also seen in Jeremiah chapter 39. Well, Nebuchadnezzar is not at all happy that Zedekiah won't continue to be his puppet king over Judah. He brings his army and blocks off the city from the outside world, causing great famine in Jerusalem. The king and his men of war fled the city, but were not able to escape without Babylonian pursuit. King Zedekiah was captured, so what do you do to your rebel king when he flexes his muscles? Well, Nebuchadnezzar, he makes Zedekiah watch the slaughter of his sons just before he puts his eyes out. Think about the last image that Zedekiah ever saw. He then takes him captive and blind back to Babylon. Then the Babylonians return to take away the rest of Judah's influential people, presumably those they missed before, leaving only very poor folks in Judah. They even take portions of the structure of the temple back to Babylon, along with some of the sacred temple furniture. One last sweep of Judah brings forth a few more of Judah's leaders before Nebuchadnezzar, including Sarah the chief priest and Zephaniah the second priest, along with the three keepers of the door, and he kills them too. Now let's give a special note to Second Chronicles 36, verse 21, which says, "...to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill seventy years." Jeremiah had prophesied that the exile from the land would last 70 years, and that's what this verse is talking about. If you're curious about the 70 years of exile, then look at my notes on Jeremiah chapter 29, where we go into great detail on that very issue. In 2 Kings chapter 25, verses 22 through 26, Gedaliah becomes governor of Judah, verse 22. Then he made Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, governor over the people who remained in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left. Now when all the captains of the armies, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah governor, they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah, Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, Johanan, the son of Kareah, Sarah, the son of Tanhumeth, the Natophathite, 
and Jeazaniah the son of a Maacathite, they and their men. And Gedaliah took an oath before them and their men, and said to them, Do not be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans. Dwell on the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. But it happened in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family, came with ten men and struck and killed Gedaliah, the Jews, as well as the Chaldeans, who were with him in Mizpah. And all the people, small and great, and the captains of the armies arose and went to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldeans. Well, no more kings of Judah at this point, just a governor appointed by Nebuchadnezzar himself, and it's also recorded in Jeremiah chapter 40. Gedaliah gets a surprise visit from some men described as from royal seed. Gedaliah is murdered, and the rest of his party, well, they flee to Egypt, an event that's detailed in Jeremiah chapter 41. We see in 2 Kings chapter 25, verses 27-30, through 30, that Jehoiakim finally catches a break. Verse 27, Now it came to pass in the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the 12th month, on the 27th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prominent seat than those of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim changed from his prison garments, and he ate bread regularly before the king all the days of his life. And as for his provisions, there was a regular ration given him by the king, a portion for each day, all the days of his life. Whatever happened to old King Jehoiakim? Well, remember back in 2 Kings 24, verses 10 through 16? We looked at those earlier. He was captured by the Babylonian army and taken back to Babylon. He was only king for three months, but Nebuchadnezzar kept him in prison for 37 years. Evil Merodach, he follows Nebuchadnezzar as uh, king over Babylon and releases Jehoiakim from prison. Actually gives him an allowance and has him over for dinner every day. I guess evil loves evil. Jeremiah also records this release of Jehoiakim in Jeremiah chapter 52, verses 31 through 34. Then we have a preview of the book of Ezra uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 22 and 23. Verse 22. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May the Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. Well, these two verses are essentially the same as the first two verses of Ezra. The book of Ezra, it's a continuation of the storyline in First and Second Chronicles. These verses give us a running start into Ezra. And if you want to know more about that, then look at the notes on the book of Ezra, beginning with chapter 1. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.